Welcome to the Denver Deep Dive Podcast. We are your hosts, Charlie Cummings and Lorenzo Gonzalez. Thanks for joining us today. Our focus is on bringing awareness to the expert knowledge, passion, and personalities that have been and continue to be part of Denver's vibrant growth. On this podcast, we'll be exploring commercial real estate, cryptocurrency, cannabis, food and beverage, and health and wellness, along with the experts operating enthusiastically in each space. Every episode will showcase the individuals impacting these arenas what they see as industry participants, and what new insights you can take away for yourself and your current ventures. We know we aren't the only shamelessly curious people out there, so if you love learning for its own sake, you're in the right place. Follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast. Welcome to episode one. Today's guest is Kim Stuck. Kim was the first marijuana specialist for a public health authority in the nation, currently residing in Denver, Colorado. Kim's company, Alley Consulting, is responsible for conducting compliance inspections, license sign-offs, running pesticide investigations, writing press releases, conducting recalls, conducting shelf stability and CBD source approvals. A lot of interesting stuff. Kim's primary objective is making an impactful difference in saving cannabis companies millions of dollars by way of active preventative measures. Kim, welcome. Hi. <laughs> I'll say to start that I would imagine that most people don't imagine these kinds of activities when they think of, of the cannabis industry. Yeah. And actually, most of those activities, I, I know you pulled that off my LinkedIn page, which is great. Um, but that's stuff that I used to do for the department when I worked for the department. So nowadays, um, mostly what Olay does um, it, we cover only compliance in mm -hmm. the industry. That's the only thing that our um, consulting does. That's the only thing we do. Um, but we cover kind of a, a really interesting gambit. So we do all local and state cannabis regulations. We also cover FDA, OSHA, and fire code as well. Um, so anything that you would need in those areas, we can help with. Um, and then so a lot of what we do is like help with licensing, facility build outs, SOP writing. Mm -hmm. um, we also conduct audits. So sometimes, you know, we have clients that only call us every six months and just schedule an audit. And that's it. That's all they need, um, which is really great because, you know, then we're in and out and they get what they want. And it's just, you know, we still keep in touch with them all the time and if they need anything they can call. So. Um, we have a really good um, relationship with all of our clients. We're really, really tight. It's kind of like a little family. Um, we're very exclusive. Uh, so we, we, we can really pick and choose our clients um, at this point. Um, I think we have a really great reputation for it, but we only really work for people who want to better the industry, right. which is great for us because that's our whole goal is to make the industry safer and better and that kind of thing. So, yeah, there's a lot of back-end things um, that happen in our industry that nobody really knows about or really sees and compliance is huge. Like everyone says, Oh, you know, cannabis compliance, everyone says it out loud, but a lot of people don't even realize what it takes. Right. What does it mean? Right. Well, you know, especially if you're like a customer of, you know, a dispensary, you don't really know. You just go in and buy your stuff and leave, but all right, of the things, right. But all the things that that company has to do behind the scenes mm -hmm. is extensive. Um, and it's, you know, and it's only going to become more and more and more as it becomes more and more legalized. So right. once it becomes legalized on a federal level, I mean, FDA is going to be getting involved. Mm -hmm. um, that's going to be the biggest hit. I think that they could pop. I mean, it's going to be really, really overwhelming, I think, for people um, and OSHA as well. And OSHA is already knocking on doors, wow. um, which is, you know, not for regular inspections yet. Um, but if there's a complaint, if somebody gets hurt. OSHA will show up, um, and I have a couple of clients that that has happened to. So, well, when that happens at a normal mm -hmm. business, it's a big deal, but because it's an industry that 
has a lot of eyeballs on it. I'm sure that they're going to get even more attention faster if there's an issue. Most definitely. Most definitely. And there is that bias. You know, I hate to believe it. Um, but, you know, a lot of regulators aren't happy that cannabis became legalized. And a lot of a lot of people in general aren't because they don't understand. There's this reefer madness bias. They don't right. think that anybody good. I mean, I, I think it was Jeff Sessions that even said that good people don't smoke cannabis. And that is the most ridiculous statement I've ever heard in my whole life, right. you know. Um, so it's, yeah, it is, it's, it's intimidating also because a lot of the businesses that I work for, you know, they've, they've never had to deal with regulatory bodies before and OSHA is intimidating and mm -hmm. FDA is intimidating. I mean, they're, they don't mess around. Well, it <laughs> sounds like they're, they're now in a position where they, they, they don't have clearly defined expertise, so they don't really know what they're doing. No. So there's probably a little bit of fear that's affecting how they're bringing themselves. To the right. And I used to be that person. <laughs> so when I first started regulating, um, I had no idea. I didn't know anything about cannabis, literally nothing. Like I grew up in Colorado, so I right. knew enough, but not enough you know to regulate it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, thankfully the industry was very happy that it became regulated. They were really happy um, that they could sell their products. And so they let me in with open arms and really, I mean, I owe the industry my entire education essentially because they taught me everything and um, they were very open about it and very cool. And um, that was what really made me, fall in love with the industry. They're just really great people. So, Well, and it seems like the folks that are passionate about bringing this to consumers and making it mainstream, they want to bring the best product to the market that they possibly can. And to do that, you got to have some sort of standard of, you know, standard of references or like regulatory framework for determining how well a person's doing or how well a business is bringing. Right. Yeah. So, and so essentially that's what my company helps them with. Um, I help that I help owners sleep better at night because they actually know how well they're doing on a, um, like from an FDA standpoint, because mm -hmm. a lot of people, you know, they're like, I think we're doing okay. I think, I think we've got it, but can you come in and take a yeah. look? And then I walk in and they realize like, Oh, we do not, we're not at the standard. Wow. And then I give them a, a, a point, a start point, if mm -hmm. you will, where now they know they have a checklist. These are the things you have to do. I can help you get them done. Maybe. And then you'll be in an FDA standard so that when the FDA comes in, they'll probably ask you to change a couple of things because that's the way the government works. Right. Um, but not they won't close you and yeah. make you stop producing um, for, you know, a number or take your license or because they have that authority. Right. Um, so if you're doing something that is really endangering the public, like no hand sinks in a facility where you're making edibles. That's a huge, huge deal. They would close you for that and do an entire recall. Huh. Um, so, which is like, that would ruin someone's business. So really my goal before it becomes federally legal is to get into as many places as possible and try to Right, because it's not help. like being pushed as a thing to do. No. So you can almost make the argument that, well, why do we have to do it? You got it. But it's going to happen if the industry keeps moving forward. So you might as well be ready. And I'm sure that the right. regulatory yeah. bodies will appreciate the fact that you've actually done yeah. Yeah. And I have very close, um, you know, because I was a regulator, I left um, very ethically. <laughs> um, I, you know, I never took a job with another company because we have a lot of secrets. Like when you're a regulator, you have a lot of secrets. You know, everybody's mm -hmm. little, you know, skeletons in the closet. Um, and, you know, even though they're under NDA after six months, that doesn't matter anymore. Um, and so, you know, I chose to start my own business instead of working for another company because of that. I even went to the ethics board mm -hmm. um, and talked to them about it because I just I didn't want people to feel insecure about hiring me. Right. And so far, I haven't had anybody really feel bad because, you know, I'm under NDAs with right. all of my clients. I'm, I mean, that's the way it should be, you know. Well, yeah, and, and to <laughs> only hide behind 
protecting information because of an NDA is yeah, right. legally, yeah, it makes sense. But it's like, well, we want to treat the information respectfully because right. this is someone's business. Well, we care about our clients. We care about them. We don't want anything bad to happen to them. Our, our entire job is to help them do better and make more money and thrive. Yeah. And, you know, if it, we have great clients that are the best in the industry mm-hmm. and, you know, those are the ones I want to see just go to the top and just take over. <laughs> you yeah. know, we don't want any of the ones that are, you know, shady or weird or not doing things, you know, selling products that are contaminated knowingly, those kinds of things. I mean, mm-hmm. it happens all the time. Um, and, you know, those aren't the people that should be making it in this industry. So... I'm hoping that the good ones kind of rise to the top. You know, it'll happen. So as far as new businesses, what would you, what advice do you have for people that are thinking about getting into this? Because we have a lot of people that come in and I think there's all this huge profit. Yeah. And I can get in We're going to make so much yeah. money. Let's get into cannabis. <laughs> um, well, I think, you know, you can make money, um, but it's, it's not as much as people really think. Um, you're going to be operating in a loss for a while because the overhead to get into this industry is huge. The licensing is very extensive. Um, you know, to grow cannabis, you have to build out a huge grow facility. It's very expensive. Um, also hire a bunch of people. I mean, it takes a lot of hands to make all the moves. Um, and you're also taxed at around 56%. Um, and there's this thing called 280E, which if you're in the industry, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's the worst thing in the world. You can't write anything off for your business because technically you're not federally legal. Um, and you have to pay federal taxes on top of that. So even though you're not federally legal, you still have to pay the federal government. Um, so I feel like people who don't know anything about cannabis are, they really need to talk to some people (laughs) before getting into the industry, maybe, um, go to some conferences, um, and meet some other people in the industry and really see if it's a good fit for them. Cause it's a real struggle. The people that are doing well in this industry, um, and there are quite a few that are doing really great, um, but they were not always doing great. And it was a real struggle. And they, mm-hmm. they hired a lot of consultants and they you know, hired really good business people and really good um, accountants. And they have really good records and you know, that kind of thing. And a lot of people who get in this industry think it's just, oh, I'm just going to open it and be able to sell. And it's not going to be a big deal. Um, and then they get you know, shut down because of compliance reasons. I mean, if, if you don't know, you don't know. So I would just recommend going to some conferences, maybe hitting some happy hours, meet some people, talk to them, and really get a better idea of what it's going to take. Because the cannabis industry is not an easy industry. It's one of the hardest industries that I've ever seen. Uh, It takes a really passionate person to do well. Um, You have to really love the industry to do well in this industry. So. I don't know. That's what I would think. Talk to some people before you decide to throw a bunch of money into it. <laughs> well, <laughs> Although I welcome you, but <laughs> please, please talk I know to what some you're people. Getting into. Yes. Well, so for, I mean, just further down that line, like, what are some of the specific, seemingly common sense things that you see people really butchering or doing improperly if they say, "I want to get into, into this industry"? Um. So, well, I mean, there's a lot of things that people don't do well, <laughs> but um. But actually, um, with edible companies, food safety stuff, um, it's kind of not regulated in most counties. Most health departments don't go and knock on their doors, and um, they don't really have a second thought of it. Um, but there have been outbreaks, and there has been sicknesses, and there ha- you know a lot of it is swept under the rug because they don't. Nobody wants the cannabis industry to have black eyes, so um, you know the government is actually very. Um, nice to the cannabis industry on that, yeah, on that front. I bet that would that most people <laughs> wouldn't believe what you just said because they have this perception that you 
No, the government us against the government. The down. <laughs> so when I started at when I started um, before I was the weed whacker. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> before that, um, I, I was a restaurant health inspector. I think there was eight of us total in all of Denver. Uh, by the time I left, there was seventeen. Cannabis pays for their jobs. They are not anti-cannabis. I will mm-hmm. tell you that right now. I do not know mm-hmm. one regulator that is actually anti-cannabis, especially after they do it for a little while. Also, it's really interesting. It's a very exciting time mm-hmm. for regulators right now. They're they're a whole new industry. That hasn't happened in so long. I mean, government jobs are boring. Yeah, because they're uh, responsible for a while. Exactly. It's like wholesale manufacturing, milk, meat, and restaurants. And that's like it, right? Mm-hmm. That's and pools and building, you know, things that are just like, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, this is mind numbing. At least it was for me. But then when cannabis came around, I was like, oh man, this is all new and exciting and I can help, you know, mold an industry. I mean, most time, most of the times those government jobs don't, you know, you don't get that chance. So um, I know, you know, I'm really good friends with a lot of people at the Denver health department, obviously, since I worked there and uh, me and my friend Kara Laveau, who still works there, she uh, manages the marijuana like team, and she always says that she's like, "I just love my job because it, every day it's something new that it's like, oh my god, this we've never seen this before. Mm. What do we do? You know, like extractions. I had no idea what an extraction was. All of a sudden, I walk into an extraction lab and I'm like, whoa, what is going on right now? And it was just so exciting because, of course, they were so excited to tell you about it. And it was just like, this is so interesting and new and it's not boring anymore. I'm not just doing this. Yeah, I was going to say, too, like I've been to a couple of events that you put on and and this is only my experience, but a lot of the really, really intelligent candidate people that I've talked to, they're very intelligent, a lot of PhDs. Oh, yes. Unbelievably passionate. So you're getting to work with people that are waking up, doing what they're doing very specifically and very much on purpose. Yes, time. absolutely. Yeah, the people in this industry, I think that's what really drew me to it mm. um, was their passion. I mean, they're so excited about um, just everything. <laughs> you know, they're like, oh my gosh, this is new, this is new, we can do this, we can do this. Let's build this. Let's network. Let's do this conference. Let's, you know, it's really exciting. There's all kinds of new things every day and new technologies. And, you know, when I first started, there wasn't CBD isolate or, you know, any of the, like every day I'm like hearing of a new amazing thing that I'm just like, that sounds awesome. Right. And someone came up. With <laughs> yeah. Somebody, some PhD that like loves cannabis is in the back room, <laughs> you know, like one of these labs just like doing all kinds of crazy stuff and now thankfully i'm friends with most of those people and i love it um but yeah i mean it's i you know i was even talking to one of my employees the other day um her name is kelsey hanley she's amazing she does a lot of um cbd clients she really is into Mm -hmm. cbd and she was saying i I, she's like i've never had a job where i'm like excited to wake up every morning morning and go to work because every day it's something new and interesting and we get to meet new people who are yes drove smarter than me you know and it's just they just blow your mind almost every day and you know that's i mean that's the american dream right find something you're passionate about and do it for a living you know it's it's awesome so i love this job and i think that a lot of the regulators feel the same way you know it's a common misconception that they are Mm anti-cannabis they just have to do their job you know so um so they love companies like mine because i'm going out and kind of helping them do their job without because what i say you know they, they can, you know, my clients can choose to take my advice. They don't absolutely have to. And I'm not finding anyone and I'm not destroying anything um, unless they tell me to. Uh, and then, you know, and then they come into that same client and they don't have to do all that stuff because 
I'm telling you right now, destroying stuff and ruining people's lives is like the worst thing in the entire world. And if I ever have to do it again, I, I probably will just start bartending again because I can't do it. <laughs> can't do it. It's too much. Well, so, I mean, that's the not, not a terrible segue. You had a very interesting nickname. Do you want to? <laughs> yeah. So I, as I said earlier, so the um, Denver cannabis community started calling me the weed whacker after a couple of years of me um, doing all the cannabis stuff um, just because I disposed of so much, mm -hmm. um, mostly because of pesticide contamination because um, there were no regulations against using pesticides. They didn't, we didn't really think about that. What, all the regulations were coming together. I guess I've never done agriculture before. It's a whole new thing. And so, um, yeah, so we had to destroy a lot of product, um, millions and millions of dollars worth of product, me and my team. And it was, it was rough. It was really rough because, you know, you don't want to hurt people. And the worst, the worst part about it is, let's say, you know, there are companies that, yeah, they're, they don't care. They're malicious. I mean, there's people in prison still for like poisoning people with salmonella and like, mm -hmm. peanut butter and things like that. Yeah, that, that was malicious. These, the cannabis owners are never malicious. They just don't know. And I think that's what killed me. It was like, I really like these people so much and I have to do this anyway because it's my job. And it was mm -hmm. just like heartbreaking because you knew they were just going to lose their business. I mean, a lot of them were still hanging on, which is great. Um, I hope they all do. Uh, but it was just, um, yeah, it was rough. By the end of that six months that I was <laughs> there, I was just like, <laughs> I got to get out of here. This is like too much. Because it is. You lose sleep over it and you got to go to court mm -hmm. all the time. Um, in fact, most of the lawyers that I have contracts with now I met in court. Um, and it's it's just like it was it's an interesting transition going from a regulator that was so um, well known mm -hmm. to this now. And, you know, I've been doing this for over a year, God, almost a year and a half now. And um, now it's I was like, oh, that nickname will fade away. Please. <laughs> fade away. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I just got um published in a Fox and Nug magazine and I, I don't actually know when the article's coming out, but literally the headline is the weed whacker. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, <laughs> it's obviously not going to go away. So if you can't beat them, join them, I guess. And, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> it's yeah, interesting. It just seems like there's so many layers behind, because you could probably read a headline that says something like, you know, millions of dollars worth of cannabis was destroyed and disposed of. And mm -hmm. then if you don't have the context for like why that happened or all the different things that were happening, it's easy to, at least without it to make the person who did the destroying look bad. Right. Versus, Demonizing them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, that's human nature. That's the right. way it is. Um, I, you know, my coworkers at the time, you know, cause I'd come in all like sad to the office. <laughs> I just had a really rough day and they'd be like, well, you're protecting, you know, public health and it's human safety and all, you know, like all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I understand that, but I could have prevented this. If I was a mm. consultant, and I was on the front end, you know, advising them to do the correct thing or like, hey, this is going to change. And they would have known of the change sooner or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I could have made an actual difference. And, you know, when you're a regulator, you're you're going in after the fact and cleaning up like the mess, if you will. Whereas now I prevent the mess from ever happening. Well, yeah, it sounds like with all of your background that you had, you actually are the perfect person to know all the things that happen that lead to a disastrous outcome. And then you just address those things before the disaster outcome yeah. happens. Well, I certainly try to be, yeah. <laughs> I try to be on top of it. Um, you know, but it also helps, you know, I'm just very active in the community itself. And um, I'm on uh, the board with CDPHE for the science and policy group and mm. Denver environmental health actually, or DDPHE now, sorry. 
Um, they actually asked me to be on their um, advisory board as well for all of their regulation changes. Yeah, I'm super stoked about that. I'm also on the Cannabis Sustainability uh, work group. So I try to work a lot um, with people trying to make everything green, <laughs> if you will. If I mean, we're, we're cannabis. We should... We should try to be green, right? right. Um, so just helping people save money in that aspect as well and just better practices and that kind of stuff. So I try as hard as I can to have that um, hear about information first and be able to relay it to my clients as quickly as possible so that they're ready for any changes. And I don't know. I, I feel like we do a pretty good job of it. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, 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 I mean, to, to be skilled at growing cannabis and skilled at running a business are two different things, but then to be skilled at knowing what things you need to be aware of, that's, it's, it's a lot of stuff for a person to have to juggle. So, Oh, I don't know how they do it. I honestly, I'm so glad when people hire me um, because it is so much work that we do and I don't think they even realize it. And I, I don't know how any cannabis owner does it by themselves. I mean, and, and the problem is, is, you know, having a compliance officer is really great, but where is that compliance officer coming from? You know, they were probably a grower like a year before, you know, they might know some compliance, but they aren't an expert at it. And I think eventually that will change. There will be compliance officers 10, 15 years down the line that will be perfect and you won't have to work. You won't have to hire consultants. But as of right now, I mean, it's I train compliance officers. I mean, that's part of my job. So it's really interesting how, you know, it's a brand new industry. It's so much different than anything else. So how do you personally continue to grow your, you know, your, your skill set in this industry? Because you're, you're, you're leading it when we, you know, you're doing so much out there. So how do you keep involved in all these different networks? And so I, um, well, I do a lot of legwork. <laughs> I go to a lot of happy hours and all that, you know, all that stuff. Um, most of my job is, like I said, yeah, keeping up with regulations. So, I'll, you know, if I'm in California with a client, I'll stop and go to a food safety conference or, mm -hmm. you know, and I speak at a lot of the conferences as well. I'm actually speaking the day before MJ BizCon in Las Vegas. <laughs> I'm mm -hmm. speaking in Chicago at a food safety conference mm -hmm. because the food safety experts are, are, you know, the people who are regulating for the government, they know they're going to have to do it eventually. So they're trying to find experts to train them as well, which we also do. We train regulators um, on contract. So we, um, so yeah, so I, I really try to stay tight with, all the food safety experts and, you know, all of this. And then um, I also, I take a lot of OSHA courses. Actually, I'm signed up for one next week for three days in a row. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. But, you know, you have to keep this. Ahead. Yeah, continuing <laughs> education. You have to keep up on your certifications. Mm -hmm. um, I do a lot of continuing education. And I pay for a lot of continuing education with my staff um, because, obviously, I want them to be up to date as well. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, like I said, I only hire people who are, smarter than me. <laughs> I really try to, you know, hire people that really know a lot more than I do. Um, and then I just teach them the cannabis side. And it, it's really interesting. It's kind of cool to do it that way. But um, I don't know. Yeah, it's just lots of continuing education. Sometimes and reading a lot of regulations. I, I read a lot, like, at least three hours a day. I read regulations. Yeah, it's a lot. Planes. Every time I'm on a plane, that's all. <laughs> people probably think I'm crazy. Well, so, I mean, this is obviously a very new industry. You know, you've got a very specific background. It's not far-fetched that colleges might start offering some sort of degree program related to the cannabis industry. If, if someone is out there who is maybe 16, 17, 18, they're in college, and they really want to figure out how they can work in this industry, what are some of the things that you'd recommend that they do, and what are some of the things that you'd recommend that you absolutely don't do? <laughs> um, okay. 
So yeah, I, I really hope that they do start doing college courses. That would be excellent. Um, I have taught at a few um, university or well, they, you know, the cannabis universities that, um, you know, I've taught a lot of classes through them. I, t- I teach a class over at Metro um, for two accountants that are trying to get into oh, the can- Yeah. Yeah. I've only done it once, but it was really fun because um, finances is a huge thing in this industry. And a lot of people need accountants like really bad. And there aren't a lot of accountants that actually want to do cannabis. Um, so, which happens a lot with almost everything, as you know, um, they're like, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a risky business apparently, but it's not, it's going, it's going great places. So people should get involved. So, uh, but yeah, so I have done a lot of that. Um, I really hope that there are classes eventually, but I hope they're actually taught by industry people and not Mm. professors that think they know what they're talking about because that does happen a lot. Uh, And I hope, I don't know. I think that networking is the number one thing you can do because if you have a drive to be in the cannabis industry, somebody's going to let you in. It might be entry level, but someone will let you in. And as you know, as long as you're meeting people, I go to conventions, go, you know, go to these different places where people are speaking, walk up, introduce yourself, mm-hmm. you know, make personal cards to give to people. Um, LinkedIn is one of the only cannabis friendly um, social media sites. Really? Yeah. The, yeah. They're one of the only ones that won't like kick you off the site for posting a picture of cannabis. Facebook, mm-hmm. oh, we get rid of you. I mean, it's like wow. really annoying. Yeah. Um, but anyways, LinkedIn is great. I actually find a lot of clients on LinkedIn. I find almost all of my applications on LinkedIn. So when somebody wants a job, like I don't even post a job in, or a job anymore. I just keep a list of the people, people who have sent me <laughs> resumes. Fans of yeah, I love LinkedIn. <laughs> So that's always a good way to go. You know, if you can cater, I mean, it's just like any other job. If you cater your resume and cater your um, social media pages to a certain industry, you're you're going to find something. Um, well, it sounds like, I mean, from your entire introduction to the space, people were, it sounds like they were very, very friendly and open to just talking to you about what they know. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think they were just so darn happy it was, you know, they could do it, you know, without being arrested, you know, because people have been fighting for this for a really long time. I mean, it has been prohibition for forever, and um, and it's a ridiculous prohibition. Cannabis is not the devil. It's not going to kill people. It's doing great, great things for people, um, including, you know, my family and friends. And I can't, I don't know People who don't understand that, it's very hard to convince them of that until they've come into the space and met some of the people and talked to the children who were having three seizures a day and now have mm. one a month. I mean, it's unbelievable what's going on in this industry. And I think that it can be a very powerful industry um, in a good way, in a very good way. <laughs> right. Well, it seems that that's part of it, too, is the stigma slowly evolving and, and going away because it, it, it's it, we, we seem to come, have come a long way from, you know, seedy teenagers in dark alleyways smoking joints <laughs> like that there's a there's a lot of ways that people can consume cannabis a lot of it sounds like it's actually quite beneficial for their well-being yeah it's not just people doing it because it's a cool thing to do right no we are far past that point i mean it's medical for a lot of people and um as i mean all of these dispensaries are opening up they're like apple stores now they're gorgeous <laughs> it's like oh my gosh this is the most beautiful place i've ever been i'm gonna just stay here forever um you know and so yeah we're we're breaking that stigma i think a lot of um people are you know the cannabis industry has become a lot more professional um than maybe it used to be and i think that also helps is, you know people are realizing that we're a professional industry and we're a force to be reckoned with and 
nobody should you know feel a bias towards us at all. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and people seem to really care a lot about doing the best job they possibly can. Yeah, it's it, it, I, I, I've been floored just in the few you know meetup groups and people that I've met to see. A, like I mentioned, everyone's very, very intelligent. They're incredibly passionate. They're doing what they love the most. Uh, and there's a very clear vision for what this can do because it hasn't existed yet. Yeah. So you get a lot of people that are very connected to a, a, a broad vision that's shared by a lot of people. Yes. And it's the best industry <laughs> ever. Yeah. We have great people you. and we're all, you know, we're all going towards the same common goal of making this the best industry and doing it right from the beginning because mm -hmm. we have the chance to do that. And not a lot of industries do anymore. So, really cool. yeah, I love it. It's great. Well, thank well, and, you. And waking up <laughs> to know that you're, you know, influencing something for the better is right. Absolutely. Yeah, I love my job. Love it. Well, so for people that would like to learn more about you, your company, your work, et cetera, where can they? Um, so you can go to our website. It's alayconsulting.com. Um, you can also go to my LinkedIn page. It's just Kim Stuck. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's kind of all we have right now. But um, I'll also be at MJ BizCon. As well, we'll have a booth there. So if you guys are going to be there, come by and say hi. Love it. Great. Thank you so much for Thank you. Yeah. yeah. We appreciate it.